This episode is brought to you by Geekade.com, where we create an array of podcasts, articles, and more for everyone, no matter what your geek is. And if you want to help us make even more content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Geekade. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to Save This Podcast, your monthly venture into the world of Smallville. I'm Evan, with me as always is Jonathan. What's going on, man? And we talk Smallville. Um, This week, we have Season 1, Episodes 5, 6, 7, and 8, Cool, Hourglass, Craving, and Jitters. Now, the way we normally do this, or will be doing this, is uh, you can go online every week and type in Smallville News and you'll get like 40 articles. A lot of it's repetitive, a lot of it's a little bit of reachy stuff, um, but what we're going to do is we'll weed through that stuff for the first half or the first portion of the show. We'll talk about some news stuff that we feel is appropriate, and then we'll dive into some of our feelings about the, the this month's episodes. Um, this this month, this week, I guess it is, is is twofold for us. One, it's the digital version of New York Comic Con, which I did never thought I'd actually say is a thing, but you know, COVID. Um, so they actually had a, uh, I'm air quoting this, and you can't see it, a reunion. <laughs> uh, somewhat of a reunion, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it was a, it was, it was interesting. Um, but but it's always nice to see some of the the, the friendly faces. Um, it was about. 40 to 45 minutes long we'll put a link to it in in our show notes but um jonathan what did you think about that yeah i don't know uh, how much of a reunion i'd call it i mean virtual cons are interesting in the fact that they give you a much more real Mm -hmm. and whole look of the stars right get them in their their environments um, and this is the second one that I've watched. I watched Save Daredevil Con. I actually watched every everything out of that one. Okay, um, being was a big it, Daredevil fan. Was there more to this one that I I was I? It seemed pretty compact. Like there were yeah. there was a lot of time regulation. It seemed that was the only thing that I was not a big fan of. Yeah, like they 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 limit them a lot more. Like it's not like a normal panel. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder if that has something to do with Zoom calls or, or what. Very but possible. maybe they get afraid. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, I guess the, the biggest difference, or no, biggest similarity, was the reunion part. Because, like, okay, so if you told me, hey, this year, New York Comic Con, we're going to have a Smallville reunion, I'd be like, oh, sweet, okay, so Tom Welling, and have Michael Rosenbaum, probably get Pete, probably get Lana, yeah. probably get Lois. And this was like, hey, so we got you, Lex and Clark. You got the, the two biggies. Yep, and we got Supergirl. Yeah, and then, Laura, uh, Vander, Laura Vandervoort or Vanderwart. Yeah, and uh, Doomsday. It's and like, you know what's funny is uh, it's Sam Witter, who I like him because I like I remember him from um, Being Human, the the American version of that. And mm-hmm. I actually had to look up his character because I couldn't remember. I remember him as Doomsday. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and it was uh, Davis Bloom, which I was yeah. <laughs> like, I don't remember him at all outside of 
transforming and then um they they had that that snippet where they were talking about you know things that they were would change and whatnot and he's like yeah i would have liked it that i didn't kill a really friendly nice guy like my buddy like because he killed off ashmore in the the show and i was like oh that's right yeah it was the reminiscing of that was funny yeah rosenbaum is is he is a pip. He is very energetic, especially in comparison to the rest of those cast members that were were on on screen. Um, Tom Tom just seems like he seems very stoic, no matter what he's doing. Like he was the leader, and he's letting everybody do what they need to do. And like he he ch- like it's funny. I didn't know who the 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 moderator was, and he did an okay job. Um, I prefer moderators that have slightly more to do with what they are moderating as opposed to him. Like, yeah, I watched a bunch of small build before doing this. Like, okay, that's. Yeah, that's, like a fan or, or maybe like um, like a, somebody who wrote for DC or something, something. of that nature. Yeah, it was, that was a little odd for me. And I think it, was a star, it was a Star Trek guy. Like as someone yeah. who's on Star Trek, which I it, great. It was nice that he was professional, but like there was very little, I don't know, camaraderie. I guess it felt like he was. They were being interviewed as opposed to being moderated, which I guess seems different. Like when you get those four should be interacting with each other, and then he sort of just sort of directs the traffic, and that's not what was happening. He was. They were being interviewed. Like it was straight up question and answer, question and answer, question and answer. And some right. of those answers were great, and some of them were just, you know, stock. So yeah, and I think you also lose a, a an aspect of it. Like, um, so when I like I have to compare the two again. Mm-hmm. When I watched the Save Daredevil Con, the stars there seem to interact with each other more, especially if you watch the. Um, there's one specific where it's Peter Shinkoda who played Nobu, Tommy Walker who was one of Kingpin's guards, and um, oh my God, I can't remember his name, but he played Ellis the runner of the bulletin okay and the editor of bulletin and their interactions seemed a lot more like like they were joking with each other they were kind of um, like really engaged this was kind of like i don't know like i know welling and rosenbaum are really good friends mm-hmm. outside of the of the whole what we see right, in the real right. world but mm-hmm. but i don't know it just didn't seem that way like they were cracking they were making jokes but there's no audience to laugh so like something was yeah, lost yeah, that, there that could be another aspect of it like there is no they're not they're playing off of a computer screen not a live audience which yeah you got to give them a little bit of a break i get i get that um but you're absolutely right there you can see that there between tom and michael there was there was a brotherhood i guess and then the other two were like hey we have two more chairs to fill like yeah let's get these two in here and it's i i get why certain people we're not involved <laughs> but you know there was there were far more notable actors and actresses that could have shown up like i, I yeah like Ma, like mom and pa kent why I, who, what are they doing <laughs> who knows yeah I, I think i think pa kent's on like dynasty or something like that but like I, i've listened to rosenbaum's podcast inside of you mm-hmm. and um I've listened to the episode, both episodes of Welling and the oh, he did episode two. with... Oh, I may have listened to them both at the same time. Maybe he did, maybe he did one. I, I listened to when he had Welling on, and I listened to when he had Kristen Kirk on. Yeah. And 
that was kind of what I was hoping this would be, similar to to the way they they interacted on those. I agree with that. Yeah. Was like, yeah, this was more just kind of like, I don't know, like he. I don't know. I I guess I wanted more out of like a, a Smallville reunion. And when it's virtual, it's kind of like, well, okay, so I can understand if it's they had to be there and they had to be there for the panel and everything like that. But like this was just, you know, you could be in your living room. Well, yeah. You could have had, in essence, time. the entirety of the cast because, like, I've seen Zoom calls that are banned where there's like 97 participants and whatnot. Like, they could have gone now granted they're not going to do that because there's a time restraint and not everybody can talk and so on and so forth but i i did expect a little bit more from this it was nice to see and you know there was this the the, the stock questions and answers what was your favorite this what who you know who did you have a problem with so on and so forth i did like the fact that um tom welling's secret about not wearing pants for his close-ups like because apparently that like the the sound stage was super hot and if it was a waist up shot or a close-up he was just wearing shorts and and what did you say birkenstocks and socks <laughs> like that made me laugh yeah. out loud because i pictured that because he's always wearing the same outfit the red and the blue jacket and possibly a flannel that's it but then to cap that off with wearing shorts and sandals that that just made me that, that visual just makes makes me laugh. Yeah, that was a little bit of funny, um, funny behind the scenes, and because I I never would have called, I never would have thought of that. But then I I remember them saying something similar to like the Flash and there's Buddy, um, I'm like Batman or where like they'll only have half the suit on to save time. And I, like, yeah, that's kind of kind of funny. It kind of makes sense. It makes sense, and it's it's there was another like I said like you type in Smallville news you'll get laundry list of 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 uh hits some of them more important than others but there was there was talk about um the new lois i don't even know what they're calling it the the new lois and superman and lois show yes that they are yes. so smallville was the like they built smallville in a like a um I don't know, like a fairground. Sounds yeah. The fairground, yeah, yeah. And now they're redo like they're redoing they're doing it there again for this version of Smallville. And I thought that was great. I thought that's I mean, I wonder how much of it will be recognizable or are they just are they just using the plot of land? Is it, you know, is that stuff still there? Like who who the hell knows? But finding out the backgrounds of that stuff is is what fans are looking for. Like that, that's the inside information that you know we can watch these episodes over and over and over again but none of us will know that they had to pause every time the train drove over the sound stage unless <laughs> someone funny. tells <laughs> us like those easter eggs those... so yeah that that was that was funny yeah well they had the um i, I didn't know mind you i i'm going off memory here and i didn't watch a lot of it um just maybe like three three to six seasons but mm-hmm. um they brought the kent farm back on supergirl i think like or they they did and i will i will was it it was it was definitely the house, during the right? crossover they had that giant crossover event and i remember my heart like like the feel that that flutter that you get when you feel you get excited about something but you're not supposed to show it when the crossover went 
to Smallville, and it was the picket fence. It was the sign that said Kent Farm. It was the mailbox. And more importantly, it was that music. And at some point in time during, like, the front end of this show, we are going to have to talk about this show's soundtrack. Um, Oh, absolutely. But, like, that feeling, as soon as I saw that, all of those things again, it made me... It, it it brought me joy because I'm like they this this current version knows where it came from, these Arrow and Flash and Super like they know where to pay their their due respects and that's that's great, and it was also great to see you know Tom Welling play Clark again wearing the flannel and cuffed sleeves and whatnot. He's adorable. He's a giant. Yeah, he's a shit house a... of a man, but he is adorable. <laughs> That was cool. That was a um, a nice a nice scene to have, even if only for a little bit. Um, but no, you're right about what you said earlier about the behind the scenes stuff, and that's that's kind of what I was really hoping to get out of that was just more of um, what those four particular characters. Because one one thing you can give it is that they were spun across different seasons. Like you know, Rosenbaum obviously made his exit in season seven, and Clark stayed the whole time. I, I yeah. can't remember exactly when Supergirl showed she up. She showed up in a bunch of seasons, but it was like real periodically. I think she showed up in three out of this of the seasons. She was there. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of which maybe it was Lex's last. Maybe it was seven or six. I don't remember now. I have to get to that one. You think I remember that, but um but it, but it was funny. And then her comment about the wardrobe I think was an interesting takeaway. because um, I could see that. Like when you especially when you compare that to what um, Melissa I'm going to say her name wrong Benoist. Uh, whereas on this iteration of Supergirl so there was a huge huge departure there but well and that's Smallville. that's the thing that the, the 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 outfits for this show for Smallville were not were not superhero costumes it was it was the you know urban uniform as you will like the, the closest that they yeah. got to actually putting them in tights was you know his leather jacket that was zipped up when he was in you know the red blue blur was that it <laughs> yeah red blue blur, blur. <laughs> or or you know she wore a belly shirt that was the same color palette like they stayed away from the costumes where the current iterations of these superhero shows are like no shit this is what this is what the people know this is what they like let's give them that and it's great like we're seeing some great iterations of of try true uniforms or costumes that we've seen for decades and they're still tweaking little things here and there which yeah. is, is awesome it's just awesome i um no yeah, but but like you said you know it, it's it was just interesting you know you put in smallville news and you, you come up with this and i knew they were at new york comic-con i didn't realize that the virtual panel had even happened um, I was just reeling over the. I had sent you that thing about the prices just to have like a two-minute two virtual conversation. Yeah, that that was Tom that was another Michael. thing. Like that's. It's <laughs> like, what do you ask? What what would? You, okay, so there we go. So you get you you pay the the two hundred and fifty fifty dollars or two hundred thirty-five. I can't remember what it was, and you get three three minutes with them both. What do you ask? You go personal or you go professional? What do you do? What do I do? I go probably yeah. personal because you know someone else is going to ask professional um i don't know most embarrassing personal moment outside of the show <laughs> see that's, that's a good one see i would probably also go personal and i would be and my question would be like 
you guys were up there for forever so what did you all do when you weren't working yeah yeah like, and the, i know they worked long hours they had to do something like they get one day off or something like that that's what he agrees um <laughs> Because it's just like like you get put on the spot. Like I feel like you'd have to have it ready to go. We only have and, th- and it better be minutes. a damn good set of questions for two hundred and seventy five dollars. Like I'm looking, I I'm, I scrolled back. It's a meet and greet. It like a three minute meet and greet <laughs> virtually, of course, for two hundred and seventy five dollars. Crazy. And you know what's funny is there's, there's a, a like did the image that you sent me it says Erica Durant has a two minute meet and greet below that and there's I don't know what the price is for that but like that that just shows the what the fandom will do for these people like someone there will pay multiple people will pay two hundred seventy five dollars to literally ask each one of them a question. That's all you're getting. You're only one getting question, one question. A really good response. And I hope, like hopefully you'll get a good response. I mean, like, you've seen some things online where there it's horrible interactions with fans and famous people, wh- whoever it may be. Not I haven't seen anything about this cast so far, but the, you know, bands. And it's, it's just that line, that monetary, hey, I want to meet you line, that's sometimes that could go horribly wrong. And sometimes it could go fantastic. Like, I've, I've heard stories where people are like, I actually got to sat down with X, Y, and Z for, I don't know, two minutes. And he was so nice. And like, like new, like Kevin Smith is like the, my go-to example. I've met him a couple of times and every time it, when I'm interacting with him, it's as if I'm the only person in the room. And that was during, that was whilst I was standing in line for a signing at, Jay and Silent Bob's, and the I was in line for like two and a half hours. There was hundreds of people there, but as soon as I got there, you know, was able. This is way pre-corona. You know, shake his hand. I was the he. There was no desk between us. There was he shook my hand. It was a super nice interaction, and like that's that to me is worth two hundred and seventy-five bucks. Like getting to meet someone. Now, who knows where this goes? Like I've heard horror stories. You know, dealing with conventions and conventioneers and famous people. So you just reminded me, though, Erica Durant was there. Well, wait, hold on. <laughs> Erica Durant was present at some moment virtually for that particular con. I can't say there. Uh-huh. So why wasn't she on? Like, I have so many questions. Like, why about this this I, this panel, this reunion panel? Like, where was Lois Lane? I don't. I I don't know. Like, that's when. You sent me the leak. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." And of course, like you said, my your brain goes to you. You your your brain puts those you know six or seven you know square video squares and Zoom call formation. And like I pictured the the main cast. Like I yeah. d- definitely did not expect Laura or Sam. Like, ooh, that was a surprise. And then it to be them instead of was disappointing. Not that they were let like like they did their jobs like they answered their questions they were entertaining it was just a weird choice and not to go off the smallville topic did you watch um any of josh gad's reunited apart series no i recommend it okay he so this is uh, this plugging somebody else's stuff but it's just an example of what we're talking about he did a um a youtube series called reunited apart and he gets characters from movies not characters, the actors 
and some uh, production people from the movies that he likes. He did The Goonies, he did Lord of the Rings, uh, Back to the Future, Splash, Ferris Bueller, um, Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, but like, watch, I, I highly recommend this, watch the Lord of the Rings one, and it kind of sets a really big bar for like a cast reunion. Uh, okay. Um, okay. And I'll, I, I, if you watch anything, check that out it's but that's what i think like now when i like oh cast reunion i'm like yeah small reunion well that it's gonna be as of know. late there have been a lot of cast reunions like for for um like they were doing uh table reads and and like uh, raising money for for charities like one of the weirdest and one of my favorite reunions big old air quotes was the one that they did for the princess bride where it was all <sighs> done via like people filming themselves like reenacting scenes from the movie and it was so many it was it was famous people who were fans of the project that to me was awesome then i get a chuck table read which was fantastic like come on it's chuck like (laughs) that's the other end of that spectrum but with with what's going on in the world now people have had to adjust and it's it's becoming really interesting to see the, the 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 quality of content that we're getting because it takes way more effort to do things now so it seems to be like the output is slightly better and for those listening chuck counts because Kristen kirk was on chuck she was that is very true she was a, a, a nerd part of the nerd herd for a bit so there's little six degrees there, um, but no. But I, I mean, just to to wrap up the the con thing, I, I like it. I think it's a um, it's something interesting. I think they're highly highly overpriced. Um, yeah. I hope that more of these panels do happen, but I, I I don't know. I mean, I hope they put a little bit more effort into it with the next one. Like being a big Smallville fan, like I said, you know, kind of it's been out of the news for so long, and now we're coming up on the. This is going to be the 19th year, is this year. So next year, 2021, is the 20th year anniversary of uh, Smallville's Smallville. debut. Um, actually, it's Smallville week. Uh, this, this is the week, this week in 2001, it debuted on Tuesday. When we, when we are uh, recording, because who knows when I'm going to be posting this, uh, October yeah. 16th? If I'm not mistaken, uh, is yes, the air date for the first episode. We are recording on the 14th. So, like, yeah, we're like, I've I when I lived up north, I, I was I did comic conventions. I, I ran a couple of comic conventions, and you know, I had two goals. One was to you know meet and shake the hand of Ryan Reynolds, and at some point, that's gonna happen. Second one was to get the cast of Smallville back together and get them all up on stage to to do. A Q&A and I got really close like it started and then some shit went sideways <laughs> oh yeah, yeah I remember, oh that's right yeah for Garden State you told me about that and I was like oh sweet and then you got got one cast member and then you got another cast member and then and one, one of them got canceled. arrested and the other one, and one, yeah, one got oh, arrested. wait a second so we had Aaron Durant and uh we, oh yeah Aaron too yeah, we yeah. had Ashmore uh, we had Durant's. No, no. Wait, I'm trying to think. Yeah, you did. We had Durant's, and oh, what's her name? What's Chloe's name? 
Allison Mac. Mac. So Mac started it, and that's right, like literally right before everything came down, and we were like, "Yeah, she's not gonna make it." <laughs> and now we know why she wanted to do a con in Jersey because she needed the money. <laughs> yeah, like, mostly. I'm gonna need this. Ba- gonna need this bail money. <laughs> that was a. Uh, oh man, we have. I know that's gonna be an interesting thing to talk about later. And it's but, it's popping um, up in the news. Like it seems like it drags up every once in a while. Oh, this cast member didn't know. This cast member didn't know. Oh my God. Yeah, people make mistakes. People get roped into certain things. It sucks. You know. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So. Um, but now this, this, and I guess this collection of episodes is speaking of cast members. Um, well, before we get into these, these are some of my, like we were just talking about it a little before we started recording. Like some of your favorites, some of your mess. These mm-hmm. are some of my favorites, but there are some of my favorites for reasons of who appears in them. Mm-hmm. Because it's like when we saw them when they first aired, you know, nineteen years ago. You're just like, oh, you know, whatever, who's this person, except for one of them. Um, but now it's like, wow, like, holy crap, this, that's right, such and such was on Smallville. I, I'm curious to see, because you, you have, you have a, a different, like, you, you have a different mind. Your, your stuff works around this stuff differently than I do. Like, I look at this, and I, and I just get happy because I'm rewatching it, and then I don't, my brain doesn't dive deep into it, but I feel like you do, like, this person was here, and, that, and that's another joy for me because I get to listen to you talk about it and go, oh, my God, you are right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that's one of my favorite things to do. Yeah, it's, and, it's, and it's funny because it is the CW, uh, it's the WB, it's Warner Brothers, and it's amazing how many of those cast members stay within that universe. Like, um, in my household, we are doing a Glee rewatch. Some of us for the first time, <laughs> nice. some of us for the second time. And, you know, Supergirl was on Glee, Flash was on Glee. Mitzelplicht was on Glee. Like, I'm looking at this going, holy crap, all of these famous, now famous people started while, you know, singing and dancing as te- well, uh, teenagers, and air quoting heavily because most of them are not teenagers. I still believe, you know, the CW ruined my ability to guess how old someone is because of their shows. I'll- oh, man, this... <laughs> This, 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 oh god, yeah, it gets even better later. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, but see, like, it's funny because Tom Welling's appearance, like, he really didn't change. I mean, in the very, very beginning, he was slightly more youthful looking, but then they hit this point in season one where it's almost as if he stopped aging, and then you see him now, and he looks like an adult. He was yeah. like frozen in time for seven, eight years, which God bless him. So same thing with Rosenbaum. <laughs> I still get uncomfortable seeing Rosenbaum with hair. It's it's unfortunate, but like one of the questions during um that interactive, you know, that 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 panel was uh, you know, the you you the your most favorite thing that you've ever done and Rosenbaum immediately went to um sorority girls that movie he did where he was a cross dresser i like i don't know but he was like it was a blast and i was like you see now that's cool like that movie is awesome well he's like like, uh whatever it was it definitely wasn't the fog i hated doing the fog 
Oh god, that movie was not awesome. I did not like that movie. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember it. That's how quickly it left. Like I remember there, there was a couple of fog movies. One of them was actually very entertaining. One of them not so much. So, you know, a good uh, a good Tom Willie movie. Um, and I'll call it that loosely. Is Draft Day? Like Draft Day is good. And then when you watch Draft Day, it's interesting because you get Tom Willing, and you get um, Kevin Costner who mm-hmm. later played Jonathan Kent, and you get Chadwick Boseman was Black Panther so it's like it's this little collection of individuals that you're just like hey look superhero superhero dad eventually his dad yeah. Black Panther it's 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 amazing how the geek culture is now unifying all of actordom together it's it's everybody you know like you're all of the actors credits now include some bit of superhero ishness in there whether it be a show a cartoon voiceover a movie you know you're not you're not known until you're doing something in geek culture, which is great because you know we've been mm-hmm. waiting for this for a very very long time, running the world now. So, um, all right, like I'm good. You got anything else? We could we want to take our break, yeah, we can, and then we'll we can take a break, and then and we'll dive yeah, into, we'll the, into the the talking because I I feel we're going to talk about two of these very in depth. The other two we're pretty much going to glaze over. Um, but yeah, okay. Please stay tuned for our commercials. When we get back, we are going to talk about Smallville Season 1, Episodes 5, 6, 7, and 8, Cool, Hourglass, Craving, and Jitters. Stay tuned. There's a dead end to my left. There's a burning bush to my right. You aren't in sight. You aren't in sight. Are you enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now? Of course you are. But did you know that it's just one part of an entire network of geek-related goodness? Geekade.com is your one-stop shop for fresh original content no matter what your geek is. Each week you'll find articles and podcasts about comic books, horror movies, X-Men, music, video games, music in video games, Transformers, anime, TV shows, tabletop gaming, wrestling, beer, and more. And hey, if you want to help us create even more original content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's available at patreon.com slash geekade. What's your geek? Geekade is looking for some partners. If you have something you'd like to advertise on any of our podcasts, our powerful overlords are ready to talk to you. Send your proposal to mail at geekade.com with the words podcast ads in the subject line, and our diligent army of trained ants will put you in touch with the head of our advertising department. With a weekly audience that reaches well into the dozens, Geekade is the perfect place to get your ads into the ears of the right people. Once again, that's mail at geekade.com. Send your ad in today. And we're back. Thanks so much for checking out those commercials. Uh, let's dive into our episodes. Uh, so, as as per the norm, um, we have for any show we got some winners and we got some losers. Um, we, because of how we feel about the show, there's truly no bad episode. That's how I say. It. There's some and some good ones. Uh, 
this is the perfect week to dive into that because this is a 50-50 week for me. Um, Jonathan, you, you had stated it's it's the same. Um, we're going to find out yeah. why. <laughs> uh, so first up, season one, episode five, cool, obnoxious athlete Sean Calvin drowns in an icy kryptonite infested lake and is resurrected with an intense need for body heat. He freezes his... So- <laughs> I'm sorry, the statement he freezes his uh, old girlfriend to death and sets his sights on Chloe just made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> this this is a... What's funny is, like, out of these, uh, this collection of four, mm-hmm. um, for reasons later that save one of them, and that's the only thing, uh, this still got a 7.7. This still gets a 7.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Which is, um, which is uh, amazing to me. But, okay... And, yeah, I, I can't. Like, I give I give a lot of credit for the name of the character, because um, I, I thought that it was cool. Uh, cool, no pun intended. That um, his name was Kelvin. Cause they used a unit of temperature measurement uh, to to give him a lot. Very very comic book like. Uh, um, I didn't even did I say Kelvin or did I say Calvin? I Sean Kelvin. Yeah, it's a son of a. Oh, uh, I, I hate puns. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but either way, it was still. I thought that was cool, and the um, you know, there's a couple things that happened. Like, I, all right, I guess, I guess the opening. So, what is it? They go to the. Oh wait, hold on. Before we can get to that, the director of this. Um, okay. I looked this up specific. I was going to mention this specifically for you. Okay. This guy, uh, James A. Um, Contner. Contner. Yeah, sure. He, did you know he directed an episode of Firefly? I did not. Hold yeah, on. Episode Let's, eight. I'm gonna episode which one? Eight war stories. Oh, that's a great episode. Yeah, and he was the camera and lighting guy on the '78 Superman movie. Which nice, is good just, for just him. Interesting stuff. Yeah, right. Look at that. Nice. He stuck with it. <laughs> um, which, which actually, this is a. I don't want to get ahead of myself without peeking ahead, but I'm pretty sure this is a reoccurring theme that every one of these directors in this four had something to do with Superman. Okay. Um, not the, maybe not the movie, but just the character in general. Okay. But um, I mean, I guess yeah, that's, so, best, that's the best thing for them to do is to, you know try to dive into the yeah. mythos, if you will, to get this yeah. show started, especially in the first season. So I like that this one had a cliche um, high school southern douchebag party by the bonfire <laughs> lake with the douchebag crew like running around like um i thought chloe's little pull at clark where they ask if he's from an ice planet was, was you know well 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 placed like huh funny uh-huh. i mean hoth right yeah like, <laughs> made a hoth reference um, yeah and uh, hey you know smallville science right ice powers steel heat Okay. Yeah. Um. I th- he freezes things like f- flames and candles. Yeah, that was that was. Um, Angela and I were sitting there watching it. And she's like, "Why doesn't he just start a fire?" And I'm like, "Cause I'm gonna go with it. He puts them out, and then they show a scene where it act like there was a scene where he was sitting surrounded by candles and the flames were frozen. And I'm like, "Oh no, you can't See, freeze flames." <laughs> right. Normally that would upset me, but if we remember right. Two episodes prior, a the football coach set a sprinkler on fire. And it was, it was spitting water, spitting water flames. So I'm like, you know what? This, I guess, I guess fire has moisture, and, and moisture is flammable. You're okay. All right. We're gonna coin the term Smallville science. Like that's just gonna Smallville gonna science be a, be a thing. All right. Smallville Flame science. can be frozen, and water can be burnt. Got it. Okay. 
the, I do uh, like the episodes where where um, Chloe starts showing interest in someone because that immediately means they are a bad guy or they're going to die. <laughs> that's yeah. It. <laughs> it's always it's always the same reoccurring theme there. But that's that's it. It's 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 always with Chloe showing interest in someone or someone showing interest in Lana. That's like, yes. that's like the, the thing. Yes. If someone shows interest in Lana, they are it's like ninety eight percent sure that they are the bad guy. They have some sort of horrible, horrible power or, you know, bodies in their basement. <clears throat> so this dude, you know <laughs> typic, typical jock esque scene, they are by their bonfire tossing a football around. Now for that lake to be that frozen, it had to be cold out. Oh god. So this- like no breath no nobody they didn't do the the breath thing which throws me every once in a while the, but like why 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 it's there's a frozen lake dude why are you out the, there um, the weather in this episode is the most inconsistent thing i've, I've seen like i i, I don't know I, i've watched this and i've thought about it before but this time like i was really you know because we're, we're yes we're diving into it <laughs> Yeah, like the umpteenth time I'm watching this season, and I'm just kind of like, all right, now I'm really going to pay attention this time. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Now, this lake is frozen. Later on, it's not frozen. Nobody's wearing jackets. Now they're wearing jackets. It's winter. It's not like, I don't even, I, I have no idea what time of the year it is. I can't figure it out. Like, it's just, it's just really funny. Like, Inco- what, what is- Smallville inconsistencies. I love it. <laughs> I mean, but you know what? All right, we'll, we'll, run, we'll run with it. Why not? There is a, there is a funny thing. We were just talking about this with uh, Allison Mack mm-hmm. um, and her unfortunate circumstances, I guess we right. could say that. But there's a line in here um, saying that, like, I think Pete says something about testing out dating skills, and I'm like, yeah, and then she winds up joining a sex cult later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens. It's foreshadowing. Um, took, that, took that to the extreme. My, my favorite part... I see. Okay, so... Pre early seasons of of the show, when Lex takes a how do I, a strong interest in the relationship of of Clark and Lana, mm-hmm. like doing everything mildly, just shy of everything in his power to get the two of them together, is adorable to me. Borderline creepy, but adorable. Like in this episode, it was the concert, right? Yes, he gets he gives, the, him, he, tickets he gives him tickets to a concert. Of course, Clark flakes. That will be a, a, a reoccurring theme as well. Uh, she waits, he flakes, and then <laughs> she gets. De- so Whitney gets defensive. She gets defensive at him getting defensive. Like, listen, woman, you were going on a date with another dude. Like, he has the he can be upset. It's okay. So yeah, yeah. um. And a, a missed opportunity in this episode. So, the bad guy gets the best heat from bodies. So, he Humans, absorbs yeah. human heat the best. Um, there was a, a number of times where you could have gotten the frozen body falling to the floor breakage. You know, that, 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 that special effect that happens in mm-hmm. every other Frozen movie. That didn't happen not once in this show. I was um, very disappointed. Yeah, you they, heard it. He, he he gets his powers. He, he freezes his his ex girlfriend. They don't show it. You, you hear, hear it, it, but they don't show it. Yeah. And then the next time you hear about it is on the news report, which leads me to say, 
what kind of state did they find her in? Bits. Because, yeah, because, like, by that time, she must have thought, because either she thought out, right, and now they're finding, like, her body just mangled, mutilated, chopped to bits, and yeah. blame the parents, probably. Yeah. Or, or she doesn't thaw out, and then the question is, like, why did we find her frozen? Um, None of these questions are answered, missing? though. No, never. <laughs> and but I mean, it is nice that they actually addressed something happening in Smallville because usually that doesn't happen. Like it's, it's not usually like the cops are like on the high alert. Like you know, Smallville's that town. We should have like SWAT out all the time. <laughs> oh, we got another one of those. There should be a constant curfew. <laughs> I um, I you know it's, it's funny you, you brought up the date part, and again, you know, we're skipping ahead, but that's that's because cool was kind of like a hmm episode, but. <laughs> Um, why is it that at some point, I mean, is this like a post friends thing where like everything has to have a, a freaking coffee shop in it all of a sudden? Like, like they hang out in a coffee shop. Well, uh, why hang out in a coffee shop? I what guess. happened to Max? Well, that see, but that was the thing. Like the 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 Mac, like it was either coffee shops or diners. Like it it depended on the age range or the maturity level that you wanted to show in your show. If you wanted to show like up and coming and mature, they hung out at coffee bars and, and whatnot. If you're just young, <laughs> stupid teens that can freeze time for no apparent reason, then you show them at the hop or the diner. Meta, meta human Zach Morris. <laughs> meta, yeah, yeah. One of my favorite online videos is a Zach Morris is a, is a is a douche. I think it's the oh name. Oh God, of the show. yeah, yeah. Anywho, is that, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, so, I think one the um. I, I did like one one interaction I did like about you no know, talking coffee shop and reminding it was Pete. Um when Pete runs into Lana at the coffee shop and he's kind of like he plugs that line where I can't think of anything that'd be more important than you. Um and he kinda of tells her that, you know, Clark's always held her high esteem and kinda of liked her since forever. Um that was a nice scene, like Pete be the best friend. Yeah. And I see, like, and it was weird because uh, I agree with you 100%, but it seems like they're pushing much harder for Lex to be that character when, I mean, Pete is right there. Pete has shown numerous amounts of time, hey, you know, supporting Clark, go do this. You you got this. You, you can do this. And then, you know, he, he shows that, like, okay, so... This the, the the limo becomes available, and you show you saw saw how innocent Pete is because it's that whole they're friends thing. No, she's just my friend. Like that was a running theme in this show as well. But just that, like no matter what Lex does monetarily, that one phrase that Pete says spoke more volumes than anything else about Clark's feelings for Lana. And it's yeah, it it's, it, it almost came off as like a throwaway, <laughs> which is unfortunate. The um another another thing I liked about this was um this was the first I'm pretty sure again, I'm, I'm thinking back to the other ones um, no yeah this is it this is the first episode where you see um, a meteor freak as they're called mm -hmm. later on um, whose powers are either amplified or turned up or, or some way affected by Clark like he he 
Like in this one, he gets more heat from Clark. Later on, you get um, you get like Leech. Obviously, he's going to take Clark's abilities. But I think there's a couple other instances where they found that if they did something to Clark or they they were around Clark, um, he affected them positively, where they affected him negatively. Um, which which is something I wish they played around with more. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying because he is a in essence a a human or humanoid battery. Like he has more body heat, yeah. So yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. I, I believe that. Um, this was one of the first times that we also see uh, Lex that that storyline or that mindset of Lex trying to help the Kent family. Um, yes. And Jonathan's disdain for the anything Luther and Martha's hey, he's a kid. Pace yourself, man. He could be different. Let's give him a chance. Mindset, which is what a mother would do, which is great. Oh, um, yeah, there's a there's so much there, and like, and it's funny because in this cluster, we come across um, three things that have to do with Lex, right? And um, this being one where you know you get the him like you said him trying to help the Kens out and they're like nah get the hell out of here I don't want you to lose their money or at least one of them is um, and it kind of gives you that like that um, that viewpoint where maybe if they just let him help and he felt like he was doing good more he would have went a different way and I, I love that about this where you you get those. Um, you know, you can, there's constant things where it's like, well, what if Lex ended up with the Kents and what if Clark ended up with the Luthers? Um, that whole uh, Ultraman or... Um, oh, I can't remember the story. Yeah, I know, what you, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, and it's kind of... They do they do it on the show, like, later on. Like, they... they this, the, isn't it a Christmas episode to, where they show the, Lex being with Lana? Well, that that's where you get good Lex. But, but on this show, in later seasons you get um, a version of Clark where he was a Luther. Oh. And, um, I'm sure when oh, I man, see that, I I'll remember, know. because that, that's not reminding oh, me of any, at God, all. Oh, God, it's hitting me. But, yeah, but it was, but it, it's just, I always like that because um, cause you do wonder, like, the way Rosenbaum plays Lex. Like, you, you can see where he's trying to depart from his family, but it's like Godfather. Like, every time I go yeah, out, yeah, they, yeah. they pull me back in. Um, and this was one of those instances, like like you said, like Jonathan is just kind of like, nah, I'll get out of here. And Martha's kind of like, well, let's hear him out. He could help. And mm-hmm. Lex is kind of just not understanding why they won't let him help him or won't let him help them. <laughs> so um, I have a, a, a bunch of friends that are either comic book artists or in the comic book you know, world and whatnot. And a buddy of mine, quite a good friend of mine, he told me this story that he wanted to do for Superman and Batman. And it's something that I desperately want to see happen. I want him to do it, but I'm throwing it out there. So <clears throat> we know via Batman v Superman that <sighs> their mother's name is Martha. Both of them, Martha Kent. Oh, I think I see where this is going. So this this gentleman's story idea was back when. Bruce Wayne's parents were killed in the alley. His mother survives. She moves to Smallville to be under witness protection. And she is actually the person who raises Clark. Now, they don't like, there's no interaction, but 
because of what her lifestyle was beforehand, she goes, like, the pendulum swing went to the whole other side, and that's why Clark has the life that he has, and Lex had the life that he, that he had. Um, seeing that, like, as a reality, like, as an, in a comic book reality, I would love to see where that story arc goes, because it's the nature versus nurture kind of mindset, where... Sure. If Lex was given the opportunities, I mean, at least in this story arc and in, in this universe, I feel he could have been Clark. He could have been. They could have been besties outside of the ten-year age difference between the two of them. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, like this show constantly tries to do that. Tries to show that you know nurture is important. Like this is why we take care of each other. That's why the relationships are important, and that's one of the best aspects of this show. Is that oh one? man, I love I love their relationship. Their older brother, like the 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 Lex older brother relationship with Clark, is is awesome to me. Like it's 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 what really builds the show up in its earliest um, earliest seasons. And where when it gets rocky, it's because that relationship gets kind of like played around with or, or wonky, yeah. messed with. Um, but um, wrapping up, uh, what happens to Sean Kelvin? So the usual, right? Like he he. Heat sucking bastard and yeah. tries to tries to suck heat from Chloe doesn't work. Eventually tries to suck heat from Martha, who he calls hot, which I which, think is really funny. Uh, okay, um, yes. Oh, one, one thing, one thing. There was one one little thing I noticed in this episode. So he goes to the nurse at school and she takes his temperature and you know he's like, oh whatever, I feel great now. And he holds her hands or something like that, right? Uh, or her her hand to his forehead. But when he leaves the room. I, I don't know if this is an actor choice or what, but he he actually checks out the nurse. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that suits the character. That's pretty, it it, it you know, does. It suits that. It's that character. Yeah, I can appreciate that. But um, <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, you know, at some point he, Clark, uh, you know, super pushes the freeze guy Sean Kelvin into uh, a lake where he is it, was it a lake or the pool. Uh, well, he he first fights him in a pool. Oh, that's where and, Chloe got stuck. That's right. right. Okay. And Chloe then, got um, stuck in know. a pool. Then they end up at the yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because he was he sucked up, he sucked the energy out of a generator. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he was at Lex's house. That's the party. Okay, it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> and I Which just is, watched what, this episode. <laughs> well, it's kind of like one of those episodes where it's just kind of like you know some some stuff happening. Like, there's a lot of the good does not come from the villain. Let's, let's put yeah, it that way. Like when you watch this one, it's, it's not the villain. It, the villain is just there to just kind of just we need something for Clark to do, and here it is. Yeah, um, it mo- it, it's borderline moves the story along. Like there was there yeah. was a scene where Lex shows up at the house at the farm, and Martha, I think she was chainsawing something, and she turns around, and he was right there, and she nearly clips him, and it's like, man, I'm glad you weren't welding, and I'm, that's funny to me. <laughs> Oh well, he's got good good comedy quips though. Like he does because he, I mean he he's does. a natural comedian. Um, All right, so there you have it. Yeah. It's, it is the standard villain of the week kind of situation. We got some progress with some relationship stuff still early in the season. Next up is a season or season one episode six oh, Hourglass, one of my personal favorites because of imagery. And that's yes. it. I love this episode. Um, (laughs) Okay, so Lana befriends Harry, an elderly murderer living incognito in a nursing home. He falls into a kryptonite... Damn, kryptonite water. That's back-to-back. 
Okay, he falls into a kryptonite pond and regains his youth. Harry starts killing descendants of the jurors who convicted him, one of whom was Jonathan Kent's father. So, so this this goes high, right? This yeah. gets a eight point three. Um, and I and I'm going with it's got an eight point three because of the imagery. It's absolutely, definitely not the bad guy because the bad guy's fine. Nah. It's stereotypical, and well, it's, it's the guy who played um, the dumber dumb from Dumb and Dumber. So this this guy, <laughs> his name's uh, Eric Christian Olsen. Yes. So he plays essentially a teenager in this movie. Yeah. This, this show. He also played a teen in not another teen, teen movie, movie the same year. Then yeah. the next year he plays a teen in The Hot Chick. Okay. And the year after that he plays a teen in Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> then four years after that he plays a teen in The Comebacks. <laughs> And then in 2009, he plays a high schooler in FU. So if you want to talk... And now, hold on. The reason why I bring this up is he's the exact same age as Clark. They're only one month apart. So they're both born in 1977. So at 32, this guy was still playing a high schooler. God bless him. If he's got that jawline, if he's got those youthful you know, looks... <laughs> that's that's crazy to me. Like that's this is what I was waiting for when it came to age. <laughs> so I'm like, this dude was playing high schoolers all the way up to 2009. Like that's that's wild. Um, so this this one, another director, uh, Chris Long. Um, he actually directed four episodes of Lois and Clark, and at the same time, every other director for the next two episodes, they also do that. Okay. So like, episode seven and eight were both uh, Lois and Clark vets, which I thought were were interesting. That's nice. That's cool. Is it? Um, okay, so continue. Yeah. Uh, so hourglass. Um, so it starts up right. They're all volunteering at an old folks' home. Yeah, um, some for more little, altruistic reasons than others. Yeah, you get that little quip in there where Pete's like, "How come you want to be here?" And then Lana walks by, and it's like, "Oh, that's why." Oh, like, that, yeah, there oh. we go. There we go. Um, and he meets the uh, the older woman. Uh, oh man! Oh my god! I just had it. It was a. Um, her name oh Cassandra Cassandra okay um, which which is funny because again like I'm looking into this stuff after I'm watching it and her name was actually a reference to a Greek fortune teller interesting was, yeah she was gifted the ability to tell the fortune but no one would ever believe her so and what what made me look that up was because watching it this time through I noticed there were a lot of Greek references okay and then I was just kind of like, okay, this has to be a reason. And then I looked up her name uh, meaning and found that. And I just thought that was kind of, I like, it's the little things like that that you, you it's watch. It's weird sort of, like, real hidden yeah. Easter eggs. I like those. Yeah. Like when you do a little extra cool. research. Yeah. Um, so you find out that she can she can tell the tell the future because the, you know, the meteors took her eyes and now she can Heightened see. her other senses. You yeah. Know, the sense of, of telling the future. future telling. <laughs> <laughs> And then you get the old guy who, who, like you said, you know, in the summary, he falls into the the pond filled with kryptonite, and and okay, so here we go. So Smallville science. So earlier on, we had Electric Guy, who meteorites hit him in the the corn, and corn's conductive. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Um, and he gets electric powers. Then we get Ice Guy, who frozen meteor water in frozen water gives him ice powers. So now, if we take Electric Wheelchair. Oh, is that and what it put was? That, yep. That's and we what put we're that going? together with with thawed out frozen lake, which, again, um, uh, an episode ago it was winter and winter, everything yeah. was was frozen. But 
<laughs> no, it's not. Like I, I don't know when. It's some some crazy shit happening down there in Smallville um, with the weather, but somehow this turns him youthful, and his ability kind of is that he's able to be almost like the Vulture for um, for a certain amount of time and an undis- un- undetermined length of time. Okay. He's able to be his younger self. Um, Which I'm not so, a big fa- like. So that usually it's a one and done kind of thing. Like. I'm not a fan of him being able to recreate that chance yeah, happenstance was... to have it exactly happen again. Like that was weird. Yeah, but and <laughs> the timing of him going from young to old. Help me! I'm trapped in this bed. Like too too coincidental. I don't like that. But it progresses the story along. And why isn't that like? So they they. They didn't hold back on the the, the the sucking powers like like at all. Yeah. So how come was it was it in the writers' room and they're like, oh no, we can't have this guy absorb youth. Like that's just too much. But then like the next episode. Yeah, we'll get to that. Hold on. Yeah, and it's just kind of like <laughs> this guy is uh, this guy's old school murderer. He's grot wielding. Like, I'm gonna kill him <laughs> in the shadows. You are going to die. There's gonna be no like. That's where we went with this, but it's amazing to me how this guy has probably been trapped in an uh, an old age home for how you know a decade, and he's given youth. He is given the chance to start over, and he does it exactly the same. Oh yeah, decides to just go. There's like you know, I'm, I'm going to kill the why. The, it doesn't make any sense. Now it's even like, ancestors. First, it's not even the. He's not even killing the people that did it to him. He's killing their ancestors because it the does. First, it does nothing for him. <laughs> now, first, it was he was taking away their futures. So he went after the 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 children of the people that were on the jury. Like that, yeah. I could have. Okay, now it's the grandchildren. Like, what are you doing? Waste of effort. Yeah, I didn't. Go live La Vida Loca in that youthful Eric Christian Olsen body and have a blast. Because apparently you'll be yeah. able to be a teenager for the next fifty years. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really get that one. Like he, again, the motivation of the the main villain was a little little wild for me. And um, but 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 let's like talk about said, the good stuff. Okay, good stuff. All the good stuff goes to the imagery. So Clark eventually. Uh, so wait, let's let's back it up. So he meets the old woman Cassandra, who can tell the future, but she can tell the future by touching somebody, and she gets glimpses or images of what their future might be. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually, great imagery. yeah, and eventually we get um, Clark touches her hand, and she sees. Well, the first time she does it, she sees just random random things of uh, just random stuff happening. But the second time. She sees Clark in the middle of a graveyard, or maybe that's the first time. It's yes. him in the middle of a graveyard, and he's at all the, the tombs around him, and it's like everybody else is dead, and he's the last person on Earth, um, which is ultimately his his fate. Really, when you think about the story of Superman, yeah. Um, and Clark kind of freaks out, but the but that image, like you said, the imagery of that one was amazing. Like just like explaining all that. And, well, that's that's and the, the, the backdrop of. The, 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 the bane that is being Superman that everybody around you will die because you will outlive them not necessarily because of exterior forces, just that's just your, your lot in life, you're going to outlive these people but 
the way he took it, the way she presented the information is she said someone important to you is going to die. Yes. So yes, that which... in turn got his wheels a turning. Oh God, I got to watch out for my mom. I got to watch out for my dad. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, um, and, and, and this, this is this... the first time I start this because I know Superman mythos. This is the first time I started going, oh shit, Papa Ken's going to die. This is when he dies. See, same, <laughs> same here. Because it was kind of like he has to, he has to die. Like it's the orphan thing with the superheroes. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking the same thing. Like that's where they're going with this. Like this early. Like really, we're already hitting on this. Yeah. Um, I, th- I thought it was. A, I thought it was a quick jump too. But knowing what was supposed to happen, I who knows how long they were planning on keeping the show on the air. Like it was possible. Okay. But this, this episode, all she said was, "Someone important to you is going to die, or someone close yeah. to you is going to die." That's it was this, um, something to that effect. When he starts, when he she tells him that, and then he starts on his whole like, "Oh, can we be a little safer around here?" and blah blah blah. And then he, his parents are like, "What's gotten into you?" And he's like, "Well, I met some lady. She tells the future. Told me somebody important to me was going to die." And they they this is the first instance of many on this show where they go, "What?" Like we can't believe that, and I'm like, all right, hold on, let's back the truck up. First off, back that exploded truck up because we stopped counting. Let's let's ignore the fact that your son is what he is. You had a football coach who could light fires. You had Tina Greer who could shape shift. You were just assaulted by a guy who can suck the heat out of people. And now you're drawing the line at fortune telling. Old man turned old man turned young and fortune telling, and it's kind of like like or especially the fortune telling. Like, like I'm assuming Miss Cleo exists in this small universe that too. In this universe, yeah. And and you can't believe that. Like that's where that's where we're gonna draw the that's the where the barometer drops off is fortune telling. And it's just kind of like come on, really. And that happens like over and over again. Like something some shit goes down small and somebody's like super surprised about it like someone oh who God, shouldn't be super surprised by it, it is super surprised by it yeah. like what um the uh what else we got um so oh, let, let's so, talk about the what we're, we're gonna save the best imagery for last the second imagery that deals with clark so her storyline goes is that um club club no what's her name cassandra Sandra. Is the yeah. one who passes. Okay? Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. But before that happens, she reads him again, and the imagery is the flowing cape and ooh, why can't I remember all of it? There was there was a lot it was Superman. Yeah. Okay, like much. she saw Superman. Which being episode five or six are like, oh shit, six, I saw seven. a cape. <laughs> this is great. Because <laughs> yeah, then, no, we're not going to see a cape ever. Sons of bitches. And she cares. comes clean with it. She's like, you know, this is, you know, I've seen you before. I've seen you in in views of other people who are um, in danger, and then all of a sudden you pop up, and things are different. And I that happens again later. Mm-hmm. I think there's another person who has a similar ability, and um, Clark is kind of always there. It's only so um, many times you could come up with new powers. It's understandable, but, but that. But you're right. That image of just the cape in the, in like the the sky, kind of flowing, was really that was really cool. Yeah. I like that subtle, subtle but useful. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, okay. There's something, there's something else about this one. So, um, was it Lana? Is this where Lana catches? I can't remember. They, they go into the torch. Okay. And they see the wall of weird. Uh-huh. Um, maybe it was Lex. I don't know. But, but wasn't that hidden? It was, <laughs> like somebody, it was in another room. It. And then when she came clean to Clark, I feel like it became an open door kind of thing. They just moved it. Like, no, 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 not necessarily. They just opened the door because it was like it was in the torches storeroom. Sure. Ah, okay. And that's how I'm seeing it. So now that just door is open it's, and it's well lit now so that everybody can see it. And I remember, I don't remember what episode, but she was like, yeah, now I see this image. Like, I'm always going to be that little princess girl. Yeah. And then, this is oh, funny. wait, like, this is Lex sees it. Doesn't Lex see it? Because so, that's when he starts tying um, the meteorite. She, he's like, I like that theory. Let's dig deeper well, into this. Well, here's the thing. So this is this is that episode. You just reminded me. So Lana goes in, and she sees the wall of weird. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, what is this? And Clark's like, oh, Chloe calls the wall of weird. And yeah, you know, whatever. And she points at her picture, and she's like, well, this is fucked up, because I'm, I'm on the wall. Is this why I'm here? Because I'm weird or whatever. And he's like, no, you know, it's not everything. Just everything traces back to the music. And she's like, well, you know. I hate being reminded of the most painful tragedy in my life. And I'm like, well, maybe you shouldn't fucking wear the goddamn meteor <laughs> that killed your parents around your neck. And you wouldn't have to be reminded of it every day of your life. Like, what are we talking about right now? <laughs> like, you, you wore the gun <laughs> yes, that killed you them. Were, you were wearing the bullet. Yes, that's what you did. <laughs> and you're worried about a magazine clipping? Like, <laughs> seriously? Like, come on now. Like, what are we, what, what is going on here? Well, um, logic. Well, the logic. So. And then, like, when um, uh, going going back to the villain, because now this is reminding me of this. So eventually, the the guy in his very very long long plan decides to kill the girl in the coffee shop, and like Clark, you know, intervenes because Cassandra says it. Like she's like, oh, that's somebody I go help, go help her, and finds out about the speaking of necklaces that she wears a horse necklace, and he yep. chases it back to the girl at the coffee shop, um, and the the young dude. Um, Harry stabs Clark with a knife and I noticed this also that they do this for effect but when somebody like goes like do something to Clark like stab him or hit him with an axe or Mm -hmm. a bat uh, it breaks on him yes and I'm sitting here like I don't know if that would work like I mean it's again smallville science but like if I if I took a knife and I stabbed a steel table like I'm probably not gonna snap the knife I'm just gonna like Bing. And like, that's it. Like, it's very, anti- <laughs> very anticlimactic, <laughs> but it's just going to be like, bah, and I'm just going to stare at it like, ah, shit. Well, I could, <laughs> I could, I could buy a baseball bat. Like if you if you hit him in something, it could shatter. But the amount of force that you would have to put behind that bat to get it to shatter is probably more than the person is swinging. But it is a fantastic effect to see. Oh my god, it's so great! You know That's the, the I mean. bits, like, and if everything was in three D, you'd pull your head back because they're coming at your face. Yeah. <laughs> Funny, like <laughs> the guy. I'm sorry, I was laughing at my note here. Like the villain, like it's, it's a literal death by corn. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> when when they finally have the the end shot oh, of the, the villain, silo, they drown him. Definitely, yeah. Well, Smallville it was the corn capital of the world, or cream corn capital, or something. I don't remember. Not the beer capital of the world. I don't know, but it's just so funny. Like, <laughs> like somebody on corn. this show actually had a death by corn. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, oh, so, man. 
the the uh, payoff of this episode. Yes, the main, the big thing, the big thing in this episode. Lex. So there, there's an interaction between Lex and, wow, Cassandra, keep forgetting her name, and the first interaction is she's like, hey, I'll tell you a future, go ahead, grab my hand, he's like, no, 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 I'm a master of my own destiny, I know my future, I'm in control. She's like, all right, peace. And yeah, then but you want her to do it. Like when you're watching, you're like, come on, touch his touch hand. It, touch it, touch it. <laughs> so, I don't know, 45 minutes goes by, people die. You know, knives break, people drown in corn. He goes back to see her, and he he touches her hand. Oh man, so cool! And so there's the cool. scene. And we now okay. So anybody that's that's playing along with us, that is watching this show, especially for the first time, you will now be part of our the group that is now waiting for this scene to actually happen for eight years okay yeah <laughs> all right a long time yep. um so there's the field of of is, is it is it sunflowers if i'm not mistaken sunflowers or daisies sunflowers or something like that, yeah. it's, it's flour, flowery uh he is walking through said field in a white well, f- well first he's president he's oh that's president. right he is president and- and you're and, like, oh, okay, Lex is going to be the president. That's yeah, nice. Yeah, I've seen that in a storyline or two, yeah. And he's walking through the field, and he's touching the flowers with his gloved hand. Why is his hand gloved? I don't, I don't know. So, well, yeah, well, we, well, and that's actually straight out of the comics. Yes. That was a comic thing, where he's he holds kryptonite way too often. Well, and, he, ha- he um, has the ring. He has a kryptonite ring that, that yeah, poisons his him, hand, isn't it? It's yeah, it gives him cancer or something like that in his hand. So, that's... A nice tip of the hat to the comic book universe, but everything then proceeds to die around him. Hmm. All the flowers. Everything. everything. He is now then perched upon a mountain of skeletal remains. Like, we don't know what the hell is going on, and then it starts to rain. Blood. Yes. That's so cool. On his stark white suit and his bald head it's like the imagery I don't know why it's like this is one of those scenes that sticks with you for the entirety of the show there's there's very few of them this is one of them and it sets the stage for the what we know will eventually be Lex and we're just waiting for that page to turn like we're waiting for Lex to become Lex air quoting that it's 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 masterfully done. Like, it, and then it, for for that to happen this early on the show was kind of just like like ballsy. Yeah. Like not only for them to basically be like, "Yep, this is Lex," or but just for them to be able to pull off that image. And then I I sent you that because I I swear to God, I, I don't I don't know why I've I've watched this episode that many times, mm-hmm. like so many, and I never noticed the cape and the cowl in the background until this. So and that was I was just about to bring that up is that you did send me that image, and I'll I'll see if I can find a link to it to put it into the show notes. But you know they, it's just a neat little Easter egg as well that, you know the the cape and ca- the, the the Batman cape and cowl is just sitting back there, hidden if you will, because it's not it's not right out on Front Street like someone saw it in passing and then. You know, made it known to the rest. But that's that's the care that this the creators put into the show. That's yeah. the important thing. 
but I loved it. I loved that. And then that that image kills the girl. That yeah, kills the that's, lady. And that's why She's Cassandra. Freaking heart attack. Yeah, it'll do it to you every um, time. But uh, but again, this is this is one of my favorite episodes um, of season one. Um, for that reason, for those reasons, yeah, for that, for that, 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 that imagery, that imagery, again, not for the villain. Yeah, no, no. weak villain, great imagery. Villain. Uh, <sighs> All right, let's yeah. move it on to speaking of weak villain. <laughs> oh boy, here oh. we go. Oh, no. season one, episode seven, craving. Jeez. All right, let's 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 do this. Overweight Jody submits to a diet of meteor-infested vegetables from her father's Overweight. greenhouse. They magically make her thin. But she has an intense craving for body fat. Anyone in her vicinity is in danger, including her date, Pete. So, so again, right, director Philip Sugrisia uh-huh. does uh, Lois and Clark, whatever. This gets a 7.5 off of uh, IMDb. So now this is still, we're still looking at episodes on the high end. Yes. Like, no, nobody's downplaying these yet. Not yet. Um, but the my favorite, the, the reason why this gets more points than something like cool is because Jody's played by Amy Adams. Amy Adams. Not only is it played by Amy Adams, it's played by Amy Adams for a good half of the episode in a fat suit. Yes. Which is really funny because they kind of skim back on the on the fats. Like it's like, hey, you know what? This is Smallville. Everybody's gotta be attractive. Yeah. So we're we're not gonna, we're not talking like we're not talking huge here. Not like yeah, heroes no. like the the girl who tells like the or changes people's perception and then when she's not she's like yeah, no. Being no, no offense no. to anybody who's who's the large persuasion. Just saying, this. But yeah. Amy, this was not like she's not. She's, she's just not she's just like, a slightly she's overweight not. girl, and due to yeah. the fact she's surrounded by those that are, you know, Lana and and, and Chloe esque. You know, she is she is self conscious, and she, Ex- she puts that's, herself. Yeah. And that's the problem. And like all these people, like you know, had she done right, like had, uh, no, she was doing right. She put herself on a diet of vegetables. It's those goddamn meteorites that ruined everything. And here we go, Smallville science. <laughs> meteorites in a shake, you get fat sucking powers. In a in a diet shake, not just any shake. Right. I'm, now, I'm assuming if it was a milkshake, it would have been completely different. <laughs> see, now I would argue, meteor rocks in a shake will give you the jitters. Yeah, just but saying. we'll get to that. And listen, <laughs> that explanation is fantastic. That is the one science that I will back in all of this. But so. She, she eats too many of the vegetables. She then starts craving body fat, which I like. It's weird. Like, so I don't understand how you find out that you're craving body fat specifically, not just well, she, food. She, um, well, at first it was food. Like, she just found herself, like, remember she has that crazy ass scene where she has to, like, eat everything oh, yeah, in the she fridge. Was eating- and I wish I was on the set for that one. <laughs> um, but then she goes, like, driving to, like, Taco Bell or some shit like that. And on the way back, because it's a far drive, I'm assuming she's out in the sticks, she hits a deer. Mm. And, um, that's the, it. She uh, eats the raw deer. Yeah, she eats the deer. Because she goes out and she's like, oh my God, we just killed Bambi. And then, like, decides to eat Bambi because she's hungry. Hey. You don't you, you you use all parts all and, of the animal. That's how our culture does it. Yeah, all parts. They'll lay on me. <laughs> Look at it and they're like, oh my God, somebody's sucked all the fat off this deer. <laughs> so, but what I, what I like about this episode, two things I like about this episode. One, the slightly overweight douchebag football player that gets his comeuppance. Oh yeah, that was a good one. And the visual of what she turns into as a monster. 
the oh yeah that, the like snake esque jaw drop that that I don't know what happens after that because she's not actually eating the people. Like she just drains them, right? Like I remember there being drained bodies. Yeah, like, like they've been hoovered, and like they, the way they they visualize that is like they they drop her jaw to make it as if she's going to eat them, you know, clothing and all. But no, she just drains them of their body fat. So interesting. In this episode, we meet. Um, Emil Hamilton yes, for the first time, and it's played by Joe Morton, who I, I you know he'll always be Miles Dyson to me. Um, okay, but he's also Cyborg's dad. Yes, in Batman v Super. So in one movie, or I'm sorry, one show, you get two characters from the Snyder universe, and at some point we're, we'll probably just have to like do like a, a commentary on Man of Steel because that dude takes he took so much from. Smallville, like it's it's crazy to me, and one of them being Amy Adams to play Lois Lane and Joe Morton playing uh, Cyborg's dad. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just interesting. It's funny because you see him as whomever you see. Like when I see him, I, I see him as um, it was Henry. Henry, hold on, scroll, scroll. Deacon from Eureka. I loved him on that show. Oh, that's fine. Yeah, so that's fine. Like that, I always did the so, but anywho. Um, yeah, and um, that's where the the fascination of the meteor rocks comes. Yes, with the with Lex. Lex, like Lex seeks seeks him out to help him figure out what's going on with the the kryptonite in Smallville. Um, because oh, that's right. Because in this episode, we learn that Lex has a he was affected by the meteor rocks because he's his his white transformations, white blood cell count. Yeah. He should have leukemia, but he doesn't. It just turns out he doesn't get sick. And he wants to know why. Yep. And that's why he seeks out this guy. And um, that's going to head down a path as well. Yep. Stay tuned. And then, you folks. know what? You gotta love, you gotta love '90s, early 2000s stuff because, like you said, the guy who gets his comeuppance. But we get to see some good old-fashioned bullies. Yeah. You know, yeah. you don't get too many of that. Too much of that nowadays. <laughs> what was that? I'm rewatching um, uh, that '70s show. Okay, and there's a scene in one of the episodes where like there's two bullies and. Eric Foreman, the lead, turns to Donna. He's like, "Yeah, that's that's break and give back." And she's like, "Why do you why do you call him break and give back?" He's like, "Hold on." And they they walk over, the <laughs> and one of them grabs his pencil, breaks it, then hands it to the other guy. Then the other guy goes, "Hey, I think this is yours," and he gives it back to him. And it's break and give back, and that makes me laugh. That's, that's, those are funny jokes to me. <laughs> and then earlier, so that you know, we said going episode by episode, just the things that stick out. Um, I think it was in our last recording. You mentioned something about the. We talked about how there's no no farm hands, right? And um, no tools. And in this episode, they they kind of do it with themselves. They they do this like Clark walks in. And he's like, oh, you know, I got that post in, hit some granite, but I was able to drive it in. And Lana's in the house when he says it. Oh? He's like with with a hammer, <laughs> of course. You know, yeah, with a tool. But, see, but that's the thing, like. She, I'm assuming, she is a logical thinking human being and just assumed that it was with a hammer or with a drill of some sort. And him going, whoop, with a hammer just makes it that much more apparent that no, it wasn't a hammer. <laughs> now it's weird. Now you made it um, awkward. <laughs> but yeah, we get, you know, Amy Adams and she, her character Jody, nobody likes her, but Pete kind of like sticks up for her and still thinks she's attractive. And then she turns attractive and she's like, 
super hot, and he's it's Amy Adams. Since he liked, yeah, since he liked her from the or respected her, respected she treated her. he treated her kindly. That's it. She was just yes. he was just nice to her. She decides to ask him to Lana's party because that's what this one was. This uh, was the this is the Lana party. birthday episode, and because um, it's going to be a big birthday bash at the Luther Mansion, which she doesn't want to be a part of. <laughs> yes, and she says uh, yes. I'll go. And then, obviously, if you know anything about superheroes and their their buddies, this is not going to work out. Oh, absolutely not. He is now in mortal danger. (laughs) Um, But I I always thought it was funny when you see her drinking her, like, throughout the episode, she drinks her shake, and I'm looking at it like, oh, this is just a CBD shake. Is it nothing? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) People drink this all the time now. (laughs) Um, That is the norm. Uh, All right, so... She gets, she thinks she has it under control enough to make it so that she can go to the party. Pete then goes to pick her up. She then freaks out because her tummy, tummy grumbles, and she's like, "You're in danger. Get out. Leave." Um. So, what? How is it that? How is she stopped? Like, what happens? Clark, um, they get into a fight in they, the greenhouse. Yeah, they fight in her greenhouse. Oh, the greenhouse explodes, doesn't it? Well, because Clark gets knocked down because of the meteorite, the meteor rocks, mm-hmm. um, which well, well, I guess oh, we'll call him tonight. Eventually, you'll find it out. And um, he's like, "Look at yourself," and she like looks in the mirror and she's like, oh, "Self-sacrifice." Shit, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a douchebag, and decides to like that. The only way she can fix anything is really extreme to yeah. blow up the entire greenhouse. Yeah, you know what I find funny is that there is a gas line going through that greenhouse. That's well, not normal. You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't know much about plants, but I'm going to assume that's not normal. That's not the norm. But yeah, she hits it with a, a shovel. I remember that. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and gas and an explosion. Blows and it up. Um, some, loaded some, up, did it? Some, notable, some notable stuff does happen in this. Like It is the first time that Chloe and Lex meet, which um, that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And um, I do like that there's this... Because... Um, because it's a it's a Lana birthday party and yeah. Lana, Clark's going to be her date because Whitney's her got escort. A, it's not a date; yeah, they're just friends. Escort, because <laughs> Whitney's got something going on in Metropolis, and yeah, um, of course he does. The um, they have this whole thing where she's like, "Don't, don't not be there. Don't not be there." And he's like, "I'm not going to be. Don't worry, I'll be there." Of course, he's not going to be there. Um, he's not but, there. <laughs> but you get that. You get once again. You get the the dichotomy that is Superman, where he's always going to be stuck in this like. Like um, being super, you know, life first. Yeah, life first duty, or can he be mm-hmm. Clark, or can he be Superman, and kind of can't just have it both. Um, but I love the ending to this episode, like when he does the Looney Tunes drive-in thing. The that best cool. birthday present he could get her for free. <laughs> yes. From, from uh, of Richard course, Woody. Lex comes in the clutch, gets him true WB Warner Brothers cartoons because I'm sure that's what he needed. Um, and they do a little drive-in movie theater because that is a beautiful, fond memory that she has of her and her family. Like, that yeah. is fantastic. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's this episode. Like, I mean, that's, that's it. That's, Again, and that's another it. one that's... Meh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it was a nice little... Like, it shows the, 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 the roller coaster ride that is there is the relationship of Clark and Lana, especially early in the seasons. Um not much there's a the, the i guess the biggest takeaway is the introduction of meteor dude that's the yes, big thing that, that came is, out that of this one 
Um, well, it becomes important later. Yeah, well, yeah, let's let's jump to the next because in the next episode, season one, episode eight, jitters. Um, Meteors become very important. Uh, Earl Jenkins claims that he ha- that his violent shaking disease was a result of an illicit experiment on level three of Luther Corp. Lionel denies that it exists, so Earl takes a plant. <laughs> yeah, that, or just read this. Takes a plant tour group hostage. Lex offers himself in exchange for the hostages. So, in true Smallville fashion, when the group of kids get together, someone's in trouble. This is happening. Always. Um, so, okay. Okay, so go. This got, to, this got an eight. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll stand by that because of things that happened in this episode that I, I really love. Mm-hmm. And this episode sticks out to me for a reason I'll say later. Okay. Um, so, again, another director, Lois and Clark, uh, Michael W. Watkins. But he also did Alpha. Did you watch Alphas? Did I you did. Did you watch the show? I did. It was all right. It was all right. And, but he did, he directed some of that and Ordinary Family, which I, I did not like. Ooh, uh, did you watch but, that um, or no? I did watch it. Well, okay. I liked some of it. I only um, watched a couple of the beginning know. episodes. That was the one with, uh, what's his name? Uh, the Shield guy. Yeah, I was actually going to say the commish. Or the thing. Um, yeah. Yes. Chickless. Chickless. Michael Chickless. Chickless. Yeah. Um, so we get, we get right off the bat, they bring in the, who would be the, I guess he is the villain, Tony Todd, Candyman. The who also unknown later villain. Is, yeah, he's also Zoom later on the Flash, which I thought was that's cool. true. Yeah, um, I, that's... but he, you know, we meet him, and you, right now you're just kind of sympathetic towards him, um, especially with the to, baby scene. Yeah, that was rough. He goes to the Luther Luther Corp Tower to find Lionel Luther and get some answers, and he meets his buddy, and he accidentally, you know, he gives him the old of mice and men treatment and yep. snaps his neck on accident. Yeah, because he's got the shakes. Yeah, he, he gets these horrible, horrible convulsions, and like, I mean, the explanation of that is fantastic. I it that like it's science, Ed, and I'm and I'm gonna go with some of the best Smallville science that we will ever oh, come yeah. across. It doesn't get better than this. <laughs> this is like this is probably the pinnacle of it. To be perfectly honest, and I don't mean that to. I'm not even being sarcastic. Like. You like it's close. Like on, it almost. I could believe it. This is borderline believable. Yeah. Like I, I guess the body has that defense mechanism. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Just his body's constantly trying to push out the the powder. Yeah. He's got. He's got. Fertilizer. He's got kryptonite dust in his pores, and the reason his body shakes is his body's trying to expel it. Now, I would think that the body would go, "Hey, this is probably doing us more damage than anything else," but maybe not. So um, we go from that to uh, Clark's parents are going to Metropolis for the night. So Clark gets the house to himself. He decides to have a couple oh, friends the over. party! <laughs> yep, turns into a huge bash, which has a really cool special effect. Um, which one? Somebody, the one where somebody's about to puke and, and he, he like has to go get the, the the bucket, the bowl, the bowl or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> like zips through the party really fast and then comes back, which has me all kinds of freaking like how fast is Clark right now? Like damn. Yeah. Um, what something cool about this that you um, touch on later when we actually see him do it the first time, but Clark doesn't drink. No. And you never you never see Clark Clark Kent in his wholesome version um, drink any kind of booze until he's in college um, in like season five or something like that. He drinks a beer for the first time. He just kind of looks at it like I don't want this. Puts it down. Yeah. It, it's. Um, I for my like in the mythos it doesn't it's it's not worth it he doesn't get drunk yeah. unless he's got what is it blue kryptonite or 
red kryptonite, and then he's an angry drunk that flicks peanuts at things. Yeah, that's the, the red stuff. <laughs> um, no, there's a there's a good blooper in this one. Did you catch the blooper? Uh, which Where, go ahead. So they so they go into the they okay so they're having a party, um, and then Whitney shows up because Lana's there by herself and he's all pissy, and then they go out to the barn and they run into Earl who has escaped to the Kent farm to seek out Jonathan because Jonathan's the only person he trusts to help him out. Right, I remember he used that. To work on the because he used to work on the farm. To prove that they did in fact have workers besides Clark it wasn't all child child yeah, slavery. Yeah, yeah. It's um, good. I but, mean, you got to defend that. They find him in the loft, like Whitney and Lana do, and they're when they're looking at him, they've got the the pitchfork. Uh, Clark accidentally calls Whitney Pete. He goes, Pete, hold on, or Pete, don't, or something like that. I, I can't remember the exact line, but it just caught me, and I was like, oh shit, he called him Pete. Really <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Oh, That's a little blooper that little blooper. kept in, I guess. Like we're, like, we're not filming that again. Roll with it. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Right now, just go. It's good. Um, but it was, I like, mean, it's not his name. It's not. It's not his real name. It's, it was that was just a slip. Like, yeah, I've seen. I've seen like goof ups where they call him by like as opposed to calling him Pete he calls him Sam because that's his real name kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But like that's weird. Interesting. Okay, cool. All right, little little goof. Um, which this that'll that's actually lead to something I something about this episode that stands out to me later. But um, so I, I always like the cliche high school party disaster, which is cool. And then you know I you know I've been to a bunch of high school parties, you know when I was in high school, and none of them, like it there was no, they, that never happens. Where you tell one and forty show up? No, but <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so then they, I guess next they go on the senior. They go on the trip. They go on the trip. And yes. Here's something weird though. Why is Whitney there? Why is Whitney there? Has he not? He he graduates this year, doesn't he? Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out like is it the whole, like the whole school not on the trip right? There's not like 14 people in Smallville High, so I'm just so let's go what? with this. It is a class. It it is a a like sign up for field trip. And he and he signed up Lana's because there. Lana's going. I'll go with that one. All right, I like it. All right, I dug I like deep for it. that one. <laughs> so then we get the. Um, they happen to be there on the trip, and Earl's there because Earl wants answers as to what happens to him. And um, don't forget, you know, you get this, this this Chloe's dad. He runs the runs the old, or he's the the what is it? The manager. He's the like the plant manager plant. or something. Yeah, cracking his dad yeah, jokes. Horrible dad jokes. I love dad jokes though. Um, so they're bad. But eventually, Earl takes the the entire class hostage to hopefully get the answers that he wants. Um, which leads to like a whole SWAT team worth of people on the outside, and <laughs> yeah, Lex yeah. shows up, Lionel shows up, and the Kents are there. And here, here's one, two things I like about their interactions. Um, I'm trying to trying to be brief as I can. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Um, this is a good one. This is this is the one. I'm, it's worth talking about. So go ahead. Yeah, um, I love that when Lionel meets the Kents, you get the first hint that somehow the Kents know Lionel. Yes. And you don't find out why for a very long time. Correct. Um, I, I love, love that. That's and great. And I love that this was the first of, like, the Luther cover-up um, ability. Like, where they start to, like, try and cover it up. Because he, he, Lionel straight up was like, no, we, we gotta kill this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, he, like, like he, he, he got, he got to the, alright, so when 
let's let's take a step back when everybody when when Lex shows up and all of the parents are there like he shows up late it's shocking how much faster all the parents got there but when he passes through the gates he immediately brings in the Kents like I don't understand how everybody was like whoa whoa my kid's in there too like but we'll let that go but he is showing that he is trying to be the better Luther by bringing them in Explaining and trying to figure out how to, to, to do the right thing. Then his douchebag dad shows up and he's like, no, I'm, I don't. Fuck them. Let them all die. I don't, I don't talk to terrorists. Yeah, we don't negotiate with terrorists. He's not a terrorist. He's a dude that you screwed over. <laughs> At he's, least wander yeah, he, someone in there with a gun and take him out. Do it the right way. He's true because Lionel didn't want, he doesn't want secrets getting out. Right. Because it's all about, oh, that's right. We didn't say this. The, the thing about Earl is that Earl worked on level three. Right. And everybody's denying that level three ever exists. And level three means the basement level three where they where he says they were doing tests on corn fertilizer in which they were using the meteor rocks in the fertilizer to grow, to make corn that could grow anywhere. Right. And, um, Indestructible corn. Yes. Which would have been and that's where he got exposed helpful. to it. Helpful in that previous episode where it killed the guy. Anywho. <laughs> death by corn <laughs> now, now we got death by fertilizer <laughs> yeah and that's how um, he was he was the, he was the maintenance dude like he, not even the janitor and he just yeah. got exposed to that spray too much and that's what got into his system and and Lex uh, asks Lionel when he shows up like is there a level 3 and Lionel says um, there's no level well he's later that he says there's no level 3 on the plans but I'm pretty sure that's not the line he gives but whatever but basically, the dad denies it. Lionel Luther denies it. Like, nah, that doesn't exist. Don't listen to this guy. Um, yeah. And then pretty much tells SWAT, like, you get a shot, you take it. <laughs> like, we're yeah, not actually like, saying yeah. that. You get a shot, take it. I don't care. And the the, 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 the big thing is is that um, whilst inside, he has one of his seizures, and he happens to be holding onto a, a, a pipe valve of some importance yeah. because it breaks off, and then it sets the pressure going higher. Now, we don't know what pressure of what... I'm assuming it's a sort of gas. It was um, methane. Was it methane? It was the methane levels. Okay. Yeah. So the higher that goes, and then that will explode and probably kill everybody inside and outside, uh, because methane is explosive. It's deflammable. Yeah, yeah, that would have been it. Everybody um, be dead. So, an interesting thing that happens in this when that right it's either when that happens or after that it's right before I can't remember. Um, Whitney motions to Clark like hey let's take this guy out yes. we can do this and Clark's like no I can't because Clark can't go near Earl because Earl's got so much kryptonite in him mm-hmm. that whenever Clark's by him he gets the, the kryptonite sickness yeah, he gets in the, the hand he gets the hand thing <laughs> yeah and um, so Clark's like no no I can't do that and Lana's like don't blame him you know whatever it's it's fine he can be a bitch and like <laughs> and Whitney's just kind of like no nah, I'm going after him um but that kind of excites Earl, and Earl rips the thing off. Now, here's where I'm going with this. Something that I've always wanted... Well, not, I can't say always. Around, like, maybe, like, the third or fourth time I started watching the show that I would have liked this show to do is I would have really enjoyed it if Whitney <laughs> knew Clark's secret. Okay. And to see how that relationship would have been um, drug, drawn out or would have been differently... Because there would have been a, an interesting dynamic there. Because now you have Whitney, who has to hold on to Clark's secret, and Clark, who's constantly always saving Whitney's girlfriend, who he happens to like, who Whitney happens to like, and Whitney's always jealous of Clark. 
Yeah, that's so, a lot of strings to tie up. Uh, I would have really liked to see where they would have brought that. I, and then especially knowing where Whitney winds up, like what happens to his character, mm-hmm. it would have just been, it would have been interesting to see the, the high school rival holding on to that. See, but I don't, I don't that, even, I think he, like in my gut tells me he just would have just ratted him out. See, I, I, get rid, I, I, get rid of the competition. Maybe, I wonder that, but then, like, like I think, I think, yes, if it wasn't for the fact that, like, the, 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 if you watch the character when he, he truly cares about Lana, like he, he loves this mm-hmm. woman, yeah, yeah, or a girl, whatever. And I think if it wasn't for the fact that he would have put the pieces together and realized how many times Clark used that ability to actually save Lana's life and save his own life when you think about it because he does save him from that right. truck explosion yeah. um, that he would have held on to it somehow like I would have I would have enjoyed that and then knowing the fate of the character him just kind of I mean we can just say it like, at this point if you haven't watched Smallville or whatever yeah. but knowing that he does die eventually on the show um, would have died hanging on to that secret like it yeah. would have just been interesting and Kind uh, of um, a different dynamic. I think I love the relationship between the two of them because it's the, it's the way it's supposed to be. Like it doesn't it doesn't veer far out of out of like reality. Like yeah, he, he knows he knows that Clark Whitney knows that Clark likes Lana. Okay, Whitney is trying his best to not is to just to do the right thing by Lana. But he comes. He's a. He's still a guy. He's still a young dude that's gonna do the wrong thing. And like I, I, they don't have. Like I don't think that they should have the relationship. You know, in all of this, I really, in all of the seasons, I feel that they should have concentrated more on, um, Sam now Pete, and his relationship. Oh, I wish that would have been nice. They don't. At, don't like, get to later. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. Like we barely see Pete. In episodes at the beginning of the seasons, at the beginning of the, like the, this first season, so. But hey, so, let's see. Um, Clark. So there, yeah, Clark. Clark finds the doors, or the, like they 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 hid the elevator door, like because, uh, wow, Jitter guy keeps saying like, well, I walked down this hallway, I went here, and there was an elevator, or an, yeah, an elevator, and it took me down to level three, so. Clark gets out of the room, super speeds around, you know, does some X-ray visioning and finds the the, the door okay, yeah, where they need to go. Behind the wall, they they like walled over it, which I mean, you know, I guess it's the easy fix. Yeah, multi-billion-dollar I mean, company, and you're just like, yeah, you know, just, we could take this elevator out, but this is quick. This is quick. So that that yeah. leads to the final confrontation in level three between um, Lex. Unfortunately, Clark is involved now, and um, wow, I can't remember his name. The, the guy Earl. played Earl. Yes, oh, Earl. Yeah. Um, Earl is finally like he's he gets like he gets what he wants. He sees it like this is a thing, and like now. Of course, the way that the scene is said, everything is very precarious, and there's, you know, hanging bridges and, you know, whatnot. So, as soon as Earl gets a shaken, stuff starts breaking, and then <laughs> Clark has to save 
both uh, Lex and Earl. Yeah. Which is very difficult because you can't really touch Earl. I still, I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's. I guess what messed up his motivations a little bit too because he, he, one, yes, proving level three exists is what Earl's trying to do, but the reason why he needs it is because he can't, he does have a wife and he does have a daughter Mm -hmm. and he can't see them because he's going to hurt them because of the jitters that he has. Right. But he can't get better because the doctors can't figure out what he put inside of him. Right. Or what he was affected to. So he's trying to find level three to find the stuff to get a cure. Right. Um, and that's why he has the shakes when he gets down there because he gets pissed off because there's no there's no trace of anything. There's an empty barrels and a cleared out what looks almost like an airport hangar underground, mm-hmm. um, which is cool because it becomes Lex's lab later. Like, yeah, that's true. Faces out of level three, but what that but that leads to Lex now knowing that Lionel is a douche, that he's got way too many secrets, and in a fantastic twist in front of the press, makes it so that. Earl will be taken care of, and he makes the he puts his the Luther name on it, yep. which was a very honorable moment throughout all of these horrible Luther things that were done. Uh, unfortunately, oh, most of them done by man. Lionel. Um, another another awesome ending, like because because you get like you know the things happen and, and um, when they're down there, the bridge breaks and Clark kind of pulls them both up, and mm-hmm. Lex says, "How'd you pull us up?" He's like, "I guess it was adrenaline." Right. Um, but when they leave, like, you know, the, the, the kids all leave or they're already gone. So Clark and Lex come out and then, like, the Kents are all like, yay, and they embrace him and they hug him. And Lex just kind of walks up to Lionel and the only reason why he hugs him is because the press is watching and Lex doesn't even really, like, hug him back. But he's yeah. just watching, like, he's watching how happy the Kents are to have their son back and and how the warm embrace that they had. Where that his nurture. Is very, like... Yeah, stoic and cold and fake. And it's just yeah. like, oh, man, I love that that interaction. Again, back to the, if Lex were with the Kens or if um, Clark were with Lionel, all things would be different. No, such a, such a good layout. I mean, like, the cast of characters that are part of every one of these episodes is so well laid out and so thought out that it's 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 moments like this to say, oh, like these guys know what they're doing. Like, this is this oh my is. God. Like this, this is a nest. Like it, you don't know that it's a necessary scene until you see it. Like you see that this is the relationship that is going to progress between Lionel and Lex. We got a glimpse of it in a previous episode where it was a combative kind of thing, where like I'm going to do what I want. No, you're not. You're going to do what I want you to do, and do the sword fight. And you know now it's I see how the lengths that this guy will go to 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 hide things. I'm not, I, I, we're hoping that Lex chooses a different path. Unfortunately, I, being Lex Luthor, we know he's just he just now knows what he has the ability to do. I completely forgot about one of my fa- like well forgot to talk about one of my favorite parts of it. And this is going to happen over and over again because yeah. there's just so much like stuff I want to talk about. But like Lex, so when all the shit goes down, Lex volunteers to go inside. Correct. Like he volunteers to go in and, and face Earl. Mm-hmm. Um, puts on a bulletproof vest, takes no gun, goes in there. Chris Earl's got a gun. Yes. Um, and then when he gets in there, he's like, I'll take you to level three. Don't worry about it. Now, remember, Lex doesn't know about Clark's powers, doesn't know level three exists, knows nothing. He's just going in there, and he's just like, I'm going to get these kids out. So he convinces Earl to let all the kids out, including Clark, but Clark chooses to stay behind to help out Lex because he knows he's in trouble, and that's when he does the run around and find the thing. Yes. But once all the kids are out, 
and Lex assumes Clark is out, he straight up tells Earl, like, Earl, there is no level three. It's it's in your mind. And now at this point, at this point, Clark has not fixed the valve pipe with his super strength, so the methane levels are still up. Mm-hmm. The place is still going to blow up. Earl still has a gun on him. There was no escape. Like, Lex was going to die. And what I liked about this was that he went in there prepared to die a hero. Like, for no other reason other than to save those kids, that's why he went in there. Yeah. Yes. And that was like that's that's so important to his early motivations where he's just like, I just really just want to help. Like I just I just want to be good. I don't want this, this this staple to be me. Um and then it also adds to a funny thing where it's like even though he goes in to die as a hero, Superman, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um still winds up showing him up and being the real hero. Um, yes. And it's just funny when you think of like stuff like um, uh, Superman uh, Secret Origins where Lex is like super jealous yeah. of what he's become. And um, I just like that. Like I like that and I like that Lex where we had that hero moment where he's like you know what I'm, I'm going to save these kids because somebody asked it. Yeah. Uh, Cool. It, it it shows the range of that what that character can be, and what they actually they they play with that quite often in the in the show, showing you the glimpses of what Lex could be had he just just continued to walk down a different path. <sighs> oh, something I forgot to mention. Um, Good. So we only lost two trucks. No, I'm sorry, one truck and really? two That's vehicles oh. in this in this this cluster. So we're doing okay. All right, we're doing okay. Um, so now, if you had to, like, something else I, I wanted to add to these, um, whenever we do the four or the two or whatever we decide to do, mm-hmm. which one's your favorite of this of these four? Oh my god! Honestly, I'm gonna go with Jitters because of the full story as it progressed. Like it's got, it's got a good villain, air quoting villain, um, because it's it's an unknown. The villain is actually Lionel. Um, Good story, and and we see a lot of progression of character. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, jitters. This that's the Somebody one. Agrees. You? Um, so if you ask me that now, I ask you that which, now. <laughs> it'd be the same. It'd be the same thing, right? You ask me that now, it'd be the same exact thing. But I'm choosing Hourglass because I'm thinking back to like early times of me viewing these four and how I felt watching Hourglass. Okay. So I'm picking that one for the. Uh, All right, I see what you're saying. So I would agree. Like, okay, so I f- I would agree with you on that. Now it's it's depending on when we're watching it. Like, Hourglass, like that imagery was fantastic. That that made me want to continue watching Smallville, going back and after rewatching yeah. it multiple times, like we both have. Like these, the 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 jitters episode is the reason why we keep going back. Kind of and the only reason why this this might be the only four cluster where I do that comparison, and the only reason why I'm saying it that way, is because if anyone were to watch Smallville for the first time, like I f- I would hope that Hourglass would do the same thing for them that they do for me, where it's like you see that episode and you're like now we're getting there, yeah, like this is cool because like you said the imagery, and it's it this is this is that kind of show. Like I found that most of them are like that, like Arrow. You watch Arrow. I tell everybody who watched season one of Arrow, get through the first six episodes. Yeah. By episode and- seven, it's it's rocking. And it's similar to this. Like once you get past um 
certain certain humps like it, it really starts to find its footing and in, in what it can do with like you said things like imagery and and stuff like that no yeah all right so with that being said next week or next month whenever we whatever our plan is uh we're gonna do the next four um it is episodes 9 10 11 and 12 rogue shimmer hug and leech um a nice collection of, of episodes um and oh, i meant rogue rogue's a good one rogue is a good one rogue is one of the first times someone outside of the the known cast finds out about his powers uh we got a, a monster of the week couple of monsters of the week and then one of the better monsters of the week episodes the the leech episode so that is oh, your yeah. homework those are the four episodes we will be talking about next time. Um, with that, let's let let me do my wrap up. You know, thank you once again for joining us. As you know, this epi- this 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 podcast is being hosted by Geekade.com, uh, where we have all sorts of geek related content. We've got videos, articles, podcasts galore. Check us out over at Geekade.com. If you want to get in touch with us, it's at mail at Geekade.com. Uh, you could drop us an email. Let us know how you're feeling. Let, let let us know your opinions of the shows. What's your favorite episode? Um, just make sure that when in the subject line, you put either save this episode or, or excuse me, save this podcast or <laughs> STP. You could you could do that. We we know where it's supposed to go. Um, you can check us out on all the podcasters, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We're we're all over the place. And I mean social media. I'm at uh, Geekade Evan. Um, on all forms, if you want to get a hold of Jonathan, you can just drop me a line. You can also check us out on Facebook via Geekade page. We got a lot of content out there that that I, we're really trying to push. Make sure that you know every form of geek culture is, is is paid attention to. Like in approximately three and a half hours, I will be recording another podcast about comic books. So yeah, that's where we're at. Jonathan, you got anything? No, no, this was a fun one. I I, I enjoy these like these clusters that we get into. So I'm yeah, and, and, to the, and the, the reason, four. like in the very beginning, I felt it was a good number to pick four because you at least have a one out of four chance of getting a solid episode. <laughs> okay, you know there, there there gets to be some runs where some of them get a little bit few and far between, but now we're getting like so far we've had a good couple of weeks, so. Jonathan, as always, it's a pleasure talking to you. Everybody, thanks once again for joining us. We will talk to you in a month. Take it easy.